Entrepreneur on Fire 963. Find what you're curious about and find what you love and then just believe that you can make it happen. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. The Fire Nation newsletter is the bomb, and to get on it, all you need to do is text EO Fire to 33444. Get inside my head weekly and ignite. If you want 100% satisfaction guarantee, then go to LegalZoom.com today. Since they're not a law firm, you can get advice from LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys in most states. LegalZoom.com, promo code FIRE. Be there for your customers no matter where you are. Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for you. So visit evoice.com slash fire today. Light that spark, Fire Nation. Johnny Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Amy Wilkinson. Amy, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready to ignite. Yes. Amy is an entrepreneur, analyst, and author of The Creator's Code. Her career spans the White House, McKinsey, J.P. Morgan, and starting her own company. Amy, say what's up to Fire Nation and let us know what's going on in your world. So thank you so much for having me on Fire Nation. Yeah. I am I'm psyched to be on your show. Um, so I am just just out of the gate with my first ever book called The Creator's Code, The Six Essential Skills of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs, and I am fired up about that. It's just um, two weeks on the market right now, and it hit the number one in the Amazon business category. So that is what I'm thinking about in this very moment. That's exciting stuff, and I have to ask, do you love or roll your eyes to House of Cards? You know what? <laughs> I, I like it. I like it, I guess. I'm not uh, a, a devotee, I guess, uh, is the truth. Um, but, I, but I like it. Okay. I always, I'm always interested. I'm always curious. Okay, good to know. You know, someone that's been in the White House, I'm always wondering, uh, do they just hate this show because it's so obnoxious? Or do they love this show because it's so close to the truth? Or somewhere in between? And that sounds like where it's you It's somewhere like. in between. Okay. I mean, I think it's somewhere in between. Sometimes you think to yourself, wow, that looks so much cooler than it really is. And then other <laughs> moments in time you think, well, okay, that's pretty pretty accurate. Like, you know, these kinds of things happen. So I don't know. It's a little bit of both. I kind of picture that and then people that are in London right now watching Downton Abbey being like, that's just definitely not how things used to be. But who knows? I mean, all we can do is enjoy the shows. <laughs> and Amy, yeah. what I want to talk to you about right now is what I call the one minute mindset. Because I really kind of want to introduce you to Fire Nation and get some insights into your mind. So take about a minute-ish each to answer these questions. Number one being ideally... What are the first 80 minutes of your day look like? Ideally, and my, my pattern is not always super consistent, right? But ideally, I get up at about 5.30. I go to the gym to try to get some energy up for about 45 minutes. I come back. I always eat a huge breakfast. So I am a breakfast protein eater. So a couple <laughs> eggs always in the morning. And then I try to get a little bit of time, just mental time, like mental space, time before I'm on email or before I'm running around or before I'm dashing out to a meeting. And 
you know, one entrepreneur that I interviewed for this book that said something kind of counterintuitive to me, but now I think even I try to incorporate it, is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And she told me that she lives five minutes from her office, but she drives a 45-minute commute. And that just sounds like crazy, right? But what she does is she drives in a loop in the morning for 45 minutes before, you know, so she leaves her home where she's married with a child and before she gets to her office where it's chaotic. And for 45 minutes, she just has the time in the car to think about things. And so I try to build that kind of time in in the morning as well. You know, I guess if you don't have to make the commute, like it's not something you're, it's forced upon you and there's traffic, you know, you're going to have to beat down, but instead you just kind of take those side country roads, maybe pop on some music, some Mozart, maybe some podcasts. I get it. I do get it. That can be a quiet time, kind of the, the calm and the eye of the storm between your home life and your work life. So I get that. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, either they find it in a commute, in a car or walking. You know, a a number of entrepreneurs that I also interviewed for this book talked about walking and thinking. And I do that as well. If I can walk into my office in 20 minutes, I get a lot of um, ideas. (laughs) There's the interesting part, right? It's not just it doesn't just feel good to me. I actually come up with creative ideas. And I think there's some cutting edge research around that, the walking part, the kinetics behind um, coming up with creative and entrepreneurial thoughts. Yeah, I'll tell you, when I take my 35 minute walk every morning in the Bay here in San Diego, I get so frustrated when I forget my little handheld notebook because I have these like three or four great ideas. And then I just have to keep repeating the ideas to myself over and over again if I didn't bring the notebook with me so I don't forget them and then I don't enjoy the walk as much. So always bring that notebook fire nation when you're on walks, when you're doing whatever. That is so true. That is so true because ideas are fleeting, right? They vanish and then you can't remember 20 minutes later what the great insight was. That (laughs) is so true. So Amy, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? I overcommit to things and it's just a personality um, trait, probably. I really try to manage it back. But especially with, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an author of an entrepreneurial book, there are so many people that are asking for time or asking for attention, and I truly want to be helpful. Um, and then that becomes a problem when you're flooded with emails or flooded with calls and um, over committing and scrambling. So that is something that I really try to be measured about. But it's, you know, I would say it's a weakness. And some people manage that better than others. I, I personally feel like I will always be dropping balls. And it's just the question of, you know, trying to make sure that the ones that get dropped can get picked up again. So what's your biggest strength? Exactly the flip side, right? So I think it's connecting with people. And it's from, you know, Airbnb, Joe Kibia, who was just talking to me as we chatted for an interview on this book about how hard it was to be a designer and an artist and have his rent go up in San Francisco by 25% and all that. Or Elon Musk at Tesla Motors and SpaceX telling me he's scared and um, he feels fear really strongly and, you know, getting a little misty eyed and all of that. You know, I think the ability to connect to people is a real strength um, and entrepreneurs have to be able to connect with people. So I think that that becomes the strong suit, it also is, you know, the weakness where you, you want to be connecting and there's just not enough time. So it's probably a flip side of the same thing. 
So, Amy, I'd love to kind of divert real quick because I'm just fascinated. I mean, the founder of Spanx, Airbnb, Tesla, you're getting their ears and their time for this book that you're writing, The Creator's Code. How did you manage to to build these connections and grow these relationships so that you were able to have a sit down with these people? So it's very much friends and friends of friends. So um, the Creator's Code has 200 interviews as the data set behind the book, and uh, none of them did I go cold to. So it really is an ability to, um, like the sister of one of my best friends knew Kevin Plank at Under Armour, for example, and Kevin Plank at Under Armour opens the book. I think he's such a great story, and that's such an amazing company out of Baltimore, um, or it's someone that I met at a wedding who is the sister of the Chipotle founder, uh, or it's friends of friends from school, uh, or from different jobs that I've had. And, and that is, you know, something that all of us can do. And I think that, um, you know, maintaining relationships and, and talking to people is important. The other note here is that entrepreneurs, as you know, with your show, love to inspire other people. Yeah. And so when you ask them and you say, hey, I'm going to write a book and I really want this to matter in the world to give people the skills to be entrepreneurs. That's the idea behind the book. You know, Elon Musk is happy to try to help. And so is Kevin Blank and, the, you know, Spanx and Under Armour and, you know, all of these big companies, they want other people to be entrepreneurs. So they'll give you some time, you know, and it's a real fortunate position to, to be able to go chase them down and then um, relay their stories. And one thing I found too that's really valuable is to just look at it like you're building a foundation. Like you didn't just go out one day and just send one email out and get all of those great entrepreneurs to agree to sit down and talk to you. But, you know, once you, you've gotten a couple of those huge names, like you've sat down with Elon Musk and you sat down, you know, with the founder of Airbnb and Spanx and Chipotle, and then you can use that as social proof going forward to maybe even some of those kind of more distant connections, but they're there, but they're not quite there. But then they're like, oh, wow, these people have have already talked to Amy about the creator's code. Like this would be a great group to be involved in and have my name in print with them. Was that a part of it too? I think that that's a part of it, but these people are so busy. I think they're making individual decisions, right? And they're running these big companies. And I think they're, the bigger part of it is they just want to inspire other people. They want other people to um, also create and scale ideas. So some of it is, yeah, they'd like to be in the group. And, and I will say there was quite a lot of curiosity at the end. This has taken five years, so I don't want anyone to think that it just happened like in a day. <laughs> oh, I thought you right? did this last week. <laughs> no, oh, no. I mean, and I truly, as a first-time writer, didn't know it would be that hard either, take that long. So it's something you have to believe matters in order to stay after it. But towards the end, you know, when you're in year two, three, four, a lot of these people then are all really curious about what the others are saying. It is one of the things like the people at the start are just helping out. The people at the end are like, wow, does, you know, does the Dropbox founder also think like that? Or does the JetBlue founder do what I do? I mean, it's one of these things where there's a lot of curiosity about what the results are you know, when somebody has been a researcher and run around for that long. So, Amy, I'd love to talk around this subject right here 
about the one thing that has you most fired up right now? Like, what would that be specifically? I think the one thing to me that's most exciting is the idea that entrepreneurs create jobs, right? So I started um, writing this book when I was in the White House. I was a White House fellow, which is a nonpartisan public policy, um, you know, public service idea. And I looked around and I just thought to myself, gosh, you know, government's not going to solve this. Um, Big business may not solve this, but true creators, it's accessible to everyone. Like you, me, my brother, the neighbor, anyone can create and scale an idea. And then with that, the research shows that companies less than five years old are creating all the net new jobs in the United States. So that's really exciting to me. Like if we can catalyze this and get people to create and scale their ideas, we actually are going to boost the economy quite a lot. So that to me is, you know, I'm fired up about it. I want want Fire Nation to do this, right? (laughs) Well, I'm fired up too. And I mean, this is what I love, Amy, is that you're sharing the message, the voice, the mission of all of these entrepreneurs. And and that's exactly what I'm trying to do every day here with Entrepreneur on Fire and, you know, the now over 900 episodes that we've done over the last couple of years. And it's just so great to see the ripple effect that these messages being thrown out there in the world can have. And and that's kind of what I like to use as a segue to what I want to talk about next. Because this has been a journey for you. As you mentioned, this didn't happen overnight. This was five years in the making. And that's a long time. You know, some people will sit down and, and, and they'll whip a book out in, in a few months, you know, maybe a year, and, and then they'll be off to the next project. This is five years for you. So you've had your ups and your downs. Can you take us to what you consider the lowest of the low, the worst entrepreneurial moment that you experienced on this journey? No, so this has been a tough journey. It is very hard to be a first-time writer, like full stop period. It's particularly hard right now because the industry is going digital. I mean, that's not a surprise, right? Um, The big publishing houses in New York are, you know, getting overtaken or certainly there's a lot of flow towards Amazon and a lot of people self-publishing and all of that. So for me, it has taken a lot longer than I thought. Um, The one real low moment was I turned this book in two years ago, in fact, and um, delivered on a deadline. And then I'm under Simon & Schuster, which is a big publisher. Random House and Penguin are the other two big houses in New York. And they announced a merger five weeks after I hit that deadline. And with I got caught in an industry merger, basically. So with that industry landscape change, um, the division I was under called Free Press, the imprint, was closed. And the editor I worked with, the acquiring editor, they were all fired. Wow. Uh, let go. And so the, to me, that's a, um, obviously you don't like to see your colleagues go off into the world, but it also was a moment where it looked like my book and, uh, you know, a lot of books then just got canceled and mine was reassigned to a different editor. And I was supposed to go back to Silicon Valley and co-found a company with a business school classmate of mine. But the decision that I made was to, um, rewrite this book for a new editor. And it took two more years because with a new editor in, you had to look at the same material and reshape it in a different way. So I pulled back from um, starting a company and re 
uh, rewrote the material. I think it's better, but it's a very hard thing to do. And especially as a creative person, it's like you finished a painting and um, it's red and you think it's beautiful and everyone thinks it's beautiful. And then <laughs> the new editor comes in and says, no, I want blue. Uh. And then you're like, what? Right. So <clears throat> to me, that was a real moment. And, um, you know, my parents who have been wonderful supporters of this project and everything else, they were divided. My dad thought I should double down and just keep after it. My mother thought I should think of it as a failed startup and just move on and co-found this other company and just, you know, figure that an industry consolidation was just that. And, and it was done and the book wouldn't come out. So, you know, it has been this arduous pathway. And that to me is, you know, you have to believe in your project to, to spend more time and do it again. So that was, you know, it was kind of, a gut check, heart wrenching. I don't know what you want to call it, but it took two more years and I, and I'm really proud of the results. So I think it made it better, but it um, hasn't been easy. So Amy, it wasn't easy. And I kind of want to sit on this thought for a second of the division between your mother and your father, just to kind of talk about how we as entrepreneurs face this a lot. And now there are multiple ways to look at this, but how I feel like you tied it perfectly in at the end. Because when we are facing the dip, when we are facing that low point in our journeys, you know, there's going to always be that desire to quit. And I am Uh a big believer in that quote, the only way to get out of a hole is to stop digging, period. But that is when you don't really believe in your project, when you don't really have that passion, because there's so many times that so many people have quit and walked away right before striking that goal, or right before getting that inflection point that actually turns things around. So I think where you said it, you know, like your mother gave a great point, you know, hey, look at this as a failed startup, because if you keep going forward, you're going to be wasting time on something you could be doing that could turn out to be amazing. But your father's like, no, head down, keep moving Mm -hmm. forward. Great advice on both ends because that's very valuable. But the reality is it has to come down to you. What do you as the entrepreneur want? And if you're passionate about that and you were, you were like, you know what? I'm going to change this painting to blue and it's going to be the best gosh darn blue painting you've ever seen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that's right. And, um, you know, I took quite a lot of inspiration from the people that I was interviewing. So Elon Musk had said to me uh, about Tesla Motors, that took six years to get the first Tesla off the manufacturing line. That was not fast either. And, you know, when I was interviewing him, I was saying, gosh, you know, you know, is this fun for you? And he said, no, starting a company is like, chewing glass and staring into the abyss. And I was like, okay, that sounds terrible, right? Um, And then he said to me, well, it's only like that for the first three to five years. And then these things take off. And obviously Tesla is, is um, you know, it's a wonderful company. That's a beautiful car now. Um, But it's hard. And so then what he had also said to me is, if you think it's important enough, and then he stopped and doubled back and said, no, if you believe that it's important enough, even if you're scared, you still keep going. That's a direct quote. And, you know, it stayed with me, too, because I was really scared on my own project when the division was getting closed and I was in this merger of a traditional industry and um, I had a new editor who wanted it a different way. That's a scary moment. 
I mean, you have to believe that what you're doing matters, right? It's not that you think it, you have to find it somewhere else inside that you think, yeah, this actually is important enough. And I believe it will, in my case, like inspire others to create companies and, and it would be worth doing. Um, but I think every entrepreneur faces that in one moment or another, because these are not straight line pursuits. Believe to me, that's the yeah. word, like you said, and, and and that word stuck with you when Elon doubled back and said it. And my question to you now is, Amy, what's something else that stuck with you during all these conversations that you think would be kind of helpful and maybe relevant to this conversation right now? So another line that is was in my mind a lot is one thing that Kevin Plank at Under Armour said, and he said, "No one has your answers for you." And I think that's also true with being an entrepreneur or being a first-time writer. Um, and, you know, take it back to my parents. I, you know, I have two parents and I think they're both fabulous. And they had very different views of what the answer should be, right, at this sort of dark moment. And nobody could answer it for me. And I think that that's right. No one has your answers. You can take a lot of feedback and you want to have people giving you um, their insight and their wisdom and their experience. You want boards of advisors and certainly uh, friends and colleagues to be helpful. But it, when it comes right down to it, there is, if, you know, with innovation or with entrepreneurship, if there were a really clear answer, we would already know it. So in this case, you're trying to solve something that we haven't seen before. No one else has the answer. People, but the good news is some people care enough to try to figure it out. And there's the passion part. You know, and I know you talk about that in your program as well. Like you really have to be passionate about these things to carry them forward. Man, I'm just loving this. And I feel like the trifecta would kind of close this down now. I mean, you shared something, you know, with Elon Musk about believing. You share something with the founder of under Armour, you know, about you are the person that has the answers. I mean, for Fire Nation that's listening right now, I mean, these are things that are so important for you on your journey. Just like Amy was scared and terrified about the merger and potentially losing her book deal, but then she took solace from Elon's words, you know, just like, you know, so many times I've come up against those walls and those obstacles that looked insurmountable, but, you know, I've found inspiration from my guests and, you know, even from my listeners, you know, what's the third kind of leg here that you want to maybe share before we dive into the next section, Amy, that you think our listeners, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners could really take out that, that you experienced through the Creator's Code? Another great quote that I've thought about a lot is from Jessica Heron, and she's the founder of Stella and Dot, which yeah. is a jewelry company. And she had originally been um, one of the founders of WeddingChannel.com. And so she's trying to empower women, right? Women entrepreneurs and women who want to make some extra income uh, on the side sometimes. At any rate, what Jess has said to me that I always think about is there are no jobs on the unicorn farm. That's one of her things. Like there is not going to be some perfect job. And we kind of think that there is or or we have been led to believe we'd have 30 years at a certain company or a corner office or we would have made it some some time, right? And so Jessica often says like the promise isn't that it's going to be easy, but the promise is that it will be worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something too. Like there is not a perfect 
you know, um, job description. And really, truly, I don't think that there is even if you were trying to, you know, have some kind of secure corporate or banker or consultant or other kind of job, you know, it doesn't exist. So entrepreneurs are out there and they're just, um, you know, battling through, but with the idea that it's a worthwhile and worth it kind of thing to do. There's the trifecta, Fire Nation. Amy, thank you for delivering. And I'm not going to let you go yet because we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Why are you an entrepreneur? Perhaps it's because you don't want someone else dictating what ideas you pursue or what projects you work on. Or maybe it's the flexibility owning your own business provides. I'm an entrepreneur for the freedom it affords me to do what I'm passionate about whenever and wherever I want. And with the help of the internet and services like eVoice, I can. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So when my customers or business partners call, they're automatically sent to wherever I am. Whether I'm out exploring new passions and ideas or in the backyard hanging out, I can still deliver the exceptional and professional service my customers expect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for you. So visit evoice.com slash fire today. That's evoice.com slash fire. There are a lot of great reasons smart business people trust LegalZoom.com. For starters, if you want to incorporate, form an LLC or nonprofit, file a patent or trademark, and get a DBA and more, LegalZoom helps you start the right way. Over the past decade, they've helped more than a million business owners just like you. But did you know that LegalZoom is also your first stop when you need advice from an attorney? LegalZoom's not a law firm, so they've assembled a network of independent attorneys in most states to provide legal advice and other useful services to help you run your business. So whether you need a contract reviewed or advice or whether you should incorporate or form an LLC, whatever your legal question, start with LegalZoom. And as always, they provide complete transparency with upfront pricing, customer reviews, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Make the right choice for your business at LegalZoom.com today. And don't forget to enter Fire at checkout to save even more. Again, enter fire at checkout at legalzoom.com. That's legalzoom.com, promo code FIRE. Amy, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Perfection perfectionism was holding me back. So what I have learned is there is no perfect timing. There's no perfect plan. It doesn't take a million dollars. It doesn't take a certain credential or degree. Um, that idea that you have to wait for something. Um, you know, I, I did start a company and that was an adventure in itself. And then being the writer of a book, that's an entrepreneurial endeavor. And there's no perfect preparation. So I think that's it. You just have to go forward. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, I would say to believe in what you're doing. So we talked about that a little bit before, but I think that if you truly believe that what you're doing matters, you can take the setbacks and um, people can fail wisely. That's one of the skills, but you have to believe that it's important enough to be resilient. And so I think that's um, the best advice. Fail wisely. Love that. Yes. What's a personal habit that you have that you believe contributes to your success? 
gifting small goods, that's one of the six skills in the code. And um, what that means is, you know, paying it forward with small kindnesses or small favors. And in the business world, it could be critiquing a proposal, making an introduction, writing a few lines of code, helping other people. And I think that um, that is something that I like to do. And, and I think that that's really one of the best habits because it opens lots of opportunity back. And that's not the reason for doing it. But I do think that, um, you know, it's something I'm proud of. Do you have an internet resource, Amy, like an Evernote that you can share with our listeners? I love LinkedIn Pulse. The Pulse function, you know, the news headlines and the idea that on LinkedIn, people are sharing content that's around verticals, around different business opportunities or different um, activities, industries. That's something that I think is more and more valuable as uh, someone in the business world every day. So Amy, along with the creator's code, do you have one book that you can recommend for our listeners? I have a lot of books because uh. I'm a nerd. <laughs> and I mean, I love reading books. Um, so how about I give you two? I love Zero to One. So Peter Thiel's book that's about a year in the market. I think that's a valuable thing. It's got some interesting ideas in it. And then I like this book called Self-Renewal that John Gardner wrote like 30 years ago. And it's about how we all have to renew ourselves, that we can't get stale um, and we can't lose inspiration. Uh, that a lot of times if we're in the same job for a while, or even if we just get in the middle of our careers or the middle years of our lives, people have to be self-renewing. I think that's a really great book. It's kind of timeless. Yeah, we're all about the trifecta. And then the creatus code makes number three. So there's another oh, trifecta. Yeah. So. Oh, good. That's great. Yes. <laughs> Fire Nation. I know you love audio. So I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Amy, I have to ask, is the creator's code in the Audible store? Oh, yes, it is. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> so, Amy, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine uh -huh. you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would be reaching out to other people. Obviously, I don't know anybody in this context, but I would be um, networking minds. It's another one of these skills. I would be trying to find other people that would build solutions and probably get me off the island. I don't like to be very isolated. <laughs> oh, it's so not an island. It's a whole new world. Oh, it's a whole new world. Yeah. Oh. Identical to Earth. Island. Oh, okay. Well, then I would just be reaching out to people. I would use the computer. I would hope that it had internet. I would be posting pictures. I would be posting questions. I would be trying to figure out how to get other people together and um, how to build things and create new ideas. I mean, that's kind of the whole genesis of, of my world, as, as we say. So I think $500, eh, all right, that's fine. I don't know if I care about money. I think, you know, it would be all about the computer and finding people. Relationship building, Fire Nation, at the core at the core. And Amy, let's end today on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. You can find me at my website, amywilkinson.com, 
And I would absolutely love for anyone who wants to create and scale ideas to reach there and sign up for free resources and free guides because the entire idea of my last five years and the creator's code is to help people scale ideas. So um, find me there and and I really appreciate the Fire Nation Mundo. So I yes. appreciate being on your show. Great. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for inspiring all those people out there. My pleasure, Amy. And to prove it, I want you to give one parting piece of guidance. Create things you care about. And that's really informed by the research of this book. People love what they do. And so if it's Chipotle, the founder was a classically trained chef. Uh, the Guilt Group girls loved fashion and flash sales. Um, you know, go forward and find what you're curious about and find what you love and then just believe that you can make it happen, that we can all create and scale ideas. Love that. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Amy and JLD today. So keep <laughs> up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Amy in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with her book, Creator's Code, her recommended resources, her website, amywilkinson.com. You name it, it's going to be there. And Amy, I just want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, we have to get our accounting in order to succeed as entrepreneurs. Your solution is Zero, the online accounting software and platform for your small business. That's X-E-R-O. With Zero, it doesn't matter if your small business is brick or mortar or online. Either way, Zero gives you access to manage your invoices, track your expenses, and even process mobile payments on the go. See for yourself. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcasts. That's X-E-R-O ro.com slash podcasts. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on Entrepreneur on Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as killer resources, gifts, and so much more. Ready to rock your own webinar? Text webinar course to 33444. That's webinar course, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 10 day webinar course like a champ. Have an inspired day and ignite.